Hey, hey, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of A Power with Pops coming to you from Gainesville, Florida, the southeastern, very oddly placed punk rock capital in Florida. Um, <laughs> and uh, today uh, I have an interview, which I'm sure most of you will be glad to know that you won't have to listen to me talk to myself this week. Uh, luckily, I found a band. I was just looking around online um, on Facebook and on because I have this stuff on SoundCloud, and I ended up running into this band, saw that they were from uh, D.C., and started listening to them, and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of stuff in here that I really dig, and I'd never heard of them before, so I reached out to them, and today I'm lucky enough to be joined by Josh Free from Weird Babies. Weird Babies, man. Good, the great band, man. I like the band a lot. Hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's uh, it has a lot of uh, it has, you know, like you, I, I guess you could say it has the DC feel. Without yeah. without the the carbon copy feel of DC, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, that's. I, I appreciate that. That's. I think unintentionally what we were striving for. Um, I'm the only one in the band who's actually from DC originally. Okay. So, uh, you know, you're hearing from our drummer and guitarist, their interpretation of what's happening in DC now and what they learned uh, from, you know, from their experiences in Chicago and LA. So, okay. So it, they're from Chicago and LA. Did you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, like most of them, um, most of my shows, I just like to kind of, Start at the beginning, and I'm just like, um, so are you originally from D.C., you said? Yeah, I'm from Silver Spring originally, way back when, and have been in D.C. proper for like two decades. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so so what age group are you, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> um, we, we span, so I'm 47. Uh, oh, I mean, you're guitarist. the same age. I'm 48. So. Oh, cool. Right on. So, and our guitarist Alex is forty-eight, and our drummer Avi is like somewhere in his mid-thirties. Yeah, you're I all think. you're holding up pretty good too. You guys don't look so, as old as uh, I get. I, we all don't look as old as we are, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think, or at least we don't think we look as old as we That's are. It. We'll, we'll start with that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, tell me about. Um, well, let's just get started from the beginning. So, you said you were from uh, outside of DC prior, like a suburb of it. Yeah, yeah, just just uh, a suburb on the northern border in Maryland called Silver Spring. It's where uh, a little bit later than when I was in elementary school, the folks from Jawbox okay, gotcha. uh, were living. Okay, um, so around the area, so as coming up, what were you like, say, in middle school and high school? Were you into punk and skating and all that kind of stuff? Was that your... Uh... Yeah, so I was I was into punk. I never I hung with the skaters, but I never actually skated. And uh, you know, way back in the pre-internet days, my first introduction to it was uh, I distinctly remember on the playground in middle school, and a friend of mine who was a skater was all broken up because he just found out Minor Threat broke up. Oh shit! And, <laughs> yeah, <awesome. laughs> well, and here's here's the thing: it was like a year and a half after Minor Threat broke up. That's so like. Here. <laughs> Word of mouth spread a little bit more slowly then, but I was like, oh, that's a cool name. What is Minor Threat? And, yeah. you know, uh, little did I know how much that, that question.
question would influence the rest of my life. Okay, so just the just the just the name Minor Threat kind of uh, transitioned your life, probably from. Were you uh, were you ever uh, like? Do you come from a musical background? Does your family are they music musical or do yeah. you listen to a lot of music? Or? I mean, my my yeah, my, it, not in terms of playing as much, but uh, my my dad is a huge jazz head, and so like he had like five or six thousand LPs, and there was always something wow. playing on the stereo. So it was inevitable that it was going to be part of my life. But um, you know how, and as a musician, it, it certainly wasn't like written in in the fates that I would be there. Yeah. and I think a lot of it was. Uh, a lot of it sort of came out of how punk rock in particular and the DC scene is that I, you know, I came to that side of it. Yeah. So what, what did drive you into DC to uh, start like finding the, the, I guess, getting out of the suburbs and, and finding that, that, um, that, that thing that, that grabbed you musically and pulled you into DC? What, um, like what era did you move into DC and when did you just like start hitting it up? Yeah, I mean, so I like I started hitting in terms of just becoming super aware of the music and like obsessive about it uh, in the late '80s. Okay. Um, you know, uh, the embrace, Whites of Spring, oh, super yeah. early Fugazi era, um, and Lucky. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, the 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 thing that the the sad thing was like because Silver Spring is this huge completely amorphous place and like to get even close to dc was like an hour bus to the subway and then 45 minutes on the subway and so i didn't actually get to start seeing the music until like 1990 which like i mean you know given what i did get to see now in hindsight it's like oh wow I, i saw a lot but like at the time there were tons of bands, including Whites and including Embrace and, and Ignition, that I look back on. And I'm like, I can't believe I didn't realize I could have just hopped on the subway and you know popped up at Fort Reno and seen yeah, a bunch you guys, of shows. Yeah, yeah, you missed what Marginal Man by like two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, but I missed that. But I, so, but like, so I, um, you know, it, I, I started realizing and exploring like going to shows. Uh, in 90 and realizing like oh wow this is all super accessible and like all of the bands that i listened to that seemed so uh like removed because you'd get them on vinyl and you'd look at the pictures and the inserts and it's like they're rock and roll stars and then you show up at the shows and it's like yeah they're just hanging out in the audience and they're you know mixing it up on stage and like you can interact with them and be part of that and uh the combination of of that uh, that sort of equality of it, yeah. and also like you know, I was I think punk is just a collection of like outcasts and outsiders who are looking yep. for something different. Yeah. And I certainly was that in middle school and high school. And that plus the fact that it wasn't just channeled towards like amorphous rage that like hormones are fueled in teenagers, right. but it was. It was, hey, you can do something with it. You can channel it against whether it's like the stupidity of getting blackout drunk and just being an idiot right. or like politics, which obviously is like the DC scene has always been so like infused with that. Yes, like I that, know. like that, it, it, it gave me the kind of cause and sense beyond just myself that 
I was certainly searching for then. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, what's, what's crazy is that, God, all these years later, that, that whole thing, that spirit, that tribe, um, that belonging still really exists and thrives here, which I'm, I'm like, I pinch myself. I'm so lucky yeah. that, that it's still there. No, that's amazing. Yeah, you see, if you want to get blackout drunk and crazy, you come to Florida to do that stuff. Then you go to all the other places to do all the smart things. Man, you, you can you can you can get just as blackout drunk and crazy in DC. Um, you know, fortunately, we've created a safe space where that doesn't have to be the case. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, if you live in Florida, you kind of have to a little <laughs> to just to deal. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, it's it's kind of stunning, like. It, it it's it's both what's great about Washington um, that that there is there are all these other outlets and alternatives that you can be like oh we're giving you these creative outlets we're mm-hmm. uh, you know if you're a freak or if you just feel like you don't fit in here you can come join this and it's also small enough that uh, it doesn't feel like you're just trying like you can just be where you are right. and like when you go outside of dc to a lot of other parts of the country it's it's you sort of recognize both that that exists everywhere but in a lot of places it's either a lot harder or you're just you, you there, there are people out there that are trying to crush that yeah and i understand how like people you know end up in a lot of ways you know seeking refuge in you know, in substance or, yep. or, or other activities because, yeah. Jesus, they're just getting crushed. Yeah, Florida's a diff- definitely a definitive play uh, in, in a way. It's always crushed us. Like, if, if you were a weirdo or a punk rock kid or anything, it's like it was you were crushed by classism. You were crushed by, like, you know, like urbanism or, you know, like, like just like some country kids that just thought you were some weirdo, you know, you have a bunch of rednecks chasing you around town, beating your ass cause you got a mohawk, you know, like crazy. It was just like that type of place. So, I mean, Florida to me, after doing all these interviews seems to be probably like the last vestiges of like the wild west for anybody <laughs> wants to be different. If they, you know, if yeah. you really want to get messed with, come to Florida, they love to mess with yeah. weird people here. So, uh, so you get to DC in 90, you start, uh, putting yourself, you kind of start melding into the, uh, music and art scene there and the political scene. It sounds like, um, where, um, did you, did you try to start bands back in 90? Like when you moved there, did you try to get things rolling or? No, I, so I was, I, I, I was splitting my time, uh, between DC and the summers and breaks and stuff. And I was up in college. Uh, and I was in college up in Boston, and so we, uh, my first band, which was God, looking back on it, I mean, both fun, but like we were just a shambles. Uh, <laughs> I I screamed in up at like it was just one of those typical college bands in college, and you know so that was the start. So I did that uh, in '94, uh, moved back to DC, and the first real band I was in was a band called Proximity Fuse. That mm. was like. 96 97 around there okay. and we 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 played uh we played a, a bunch of shows uh including you know places up in baltimore like the auto bar which is just a legendary amazing club huh. um and and we're more in part because our our singer and guitarist booked the shows which was great played with bands like engine down and cross my heart mm. in whatever yeah. that like love it records 
style yeah. music was. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, you know, so we did that. Um, I, I bounced around in a couple other bands that did a lot of practicing, but, like, we couldn't get out of our own way and uh, figure out how to play shows. And uh, I think with a lot of us, like, life intervened for a while. And so, you know, in my 30s, I was still going to a lot of shows. Yeah. But um, I, I, I I, think both the combination of I couldn't conceive of how to be in a band and try to be a professional. And, you know, uh, my wife and I had two kids and, like, navigate that, especially when they're super young. Yeah. And so um, it was... Uh, like, it, you know, I'd still see bands, but I, I kind of was, uh, put it in a box and was like, okay, I'll come open this box and look at it every once in a while, but that is more of the past right. and I'm going to try to create a different future or, or define a new future. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that, that didn't stick happily. Right. Didn't, uh, didn't. So in that time period, what was it, what were you, uh, um, what were you doing to, I mean, you said you're, so you're married, you got two kids. <laughs> so you, you're, you're pretty, sound like you were pretty busy at a young age yeah. trying to play music, be a part of the scene and have, you know, and, and have a family at the same time, which is kind yeah. of like not easy to do. I mean, a lot of people do it. I mean, Gainesville's, you know, like have the same, it's all the same age group, like, all of my friends, they all have two kids, but they all play music now too. You know, like yeah. now that they're getting older, they're finding the uh, the time to do it. What was it about about being a musician and about being an artist that even from your your earliest beginnings when you were you know started hearing about DC and all the stuff was going on? What was it that grabbed gra- grabbed you and made you gravitate towards um, a a form of music and uh, a a political lifestyle in the sense of like where you use your your wordplay probably and and writing songs like what where did, what grabbed you about that and what what made you want to do that even though you were trying to be a professional and be a father and all stuff what is it about music and art that is something that you don't think you will ever lose its uh, grasp of you yeah that it's it's um. It's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think um, I, I, I think that we all, everyone is looking for a way to express themselves and, and be part of something. And, uh, you know, I, I've always found music, and especially for me, the, the DC punk scene and, and the punk scene in general, it, it's an invitation. Right. It's, you know, it, you know, the musicians are saying, you don't, you don't make a, you don't put on a concert for other people where you're like, we're on stage. We're like fine art. You stand in the audience. Right. It, it's an invitation to all, let's do this show together. Right. And let's, let's have a communication and an interplay at an intimate level. And so I think that that's always been part of it. It's, it's been this feeling of, uh, we need to build this together, whether it's being, uh, part of, a show in the audience and dancing and singing along and creating this safe space or on stage. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I have just sort of transitioned back and forth between those two things. Uh, but having that safe space 
has always been so important. It's something I've always wanted to help foster. And so I think there's that, there's, there's also that just feeling of like, um, you know, you can, you know, if you see something going wrong, uh, whether it's with friends or broad, more broadly in society, yeah. you know, you, you only, there, are, there are only so many options for ways to speak out. And for me, it's music has always been a really great way to point out to people, hey, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Or we're in this together. Let's let's stand up and start saying, like, we can fix this or you know, reevaluate what you're thinking. Right. And, and, and so, you know, it's even, I, I am, I, I'm stunned still looking back that at, you know, 47, there's still that drive and passion and feeling of like, I've got to get this out. I want to be part of this. And it doesn't really matter if you're 16 going to your first show and I'm on stage or standing next to you right. or you're 55 and you've been going to shows since the early eighties. Right. Like there's a common bond there. Yeah. No, you're right. That's, I mean, it's, it's the, uh, it was like you said, it, it was the place where everybody could go and feel comfortable and, uh, you know, get that, get that, uh, feeling of like, I don't have to worry about anything happening to me here. Um, yeah. Well, and it's also the other thing, like years and years and years ago, uh, Fugazi played a show at the Smithsonian Folklife Festival mm -hmm. and like, you know, part of me looked at that, and I went to that show. And it was it was amazing. It was sort of like, huh, this is a big national institution that's hosting an underground band that has created its own scene. What's what's up with that? But the point was like, punk rock is folk rock, is folk music. It's like it's a music of people for people by people. Yeah. And I think that's part of it as well. It's like, like we're not going to put this in like a pristine jar the way jazz has often become right. and just sort of observe it from a distance it's 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 something that we're still making and constantly evolving together wow no that's a very that's a very 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 good point i wanted to ask also amongst all these you know like you were lucky enough to be in an area to where you were able to catch a lot of good shows what, what were some of the shows that um that some of the best shows that I just, I always have to ask somebody, what was like one of the best shows you were, you look back in DC when you were younger and you were just like, holy shit, I can't believe I had the chance to actually be here. And I can't believe there's this, people are missing out on this. Yeah. I, look, I, you know, um, it's, it's less a particular show than, uh, the number of shows that happened in just random spaces. And so like okay. I was, I was super lucky enough to see uh, Fugazi play in front of the district building, like five blocks from the White House. And, you know, at uh, Malcolm X Park, which uh, is just this like big, sprawling national park yep. uh, in the middle of the city and like on and on. And so it's, uh, you know, those kinds of shows uh, like just root the music to a place and it's not about like a club or anything like that it's like it's part of dc right. so that that's one thing that jumps out the other one was i saw a, a band called nation ulysses play one of their first shows at uh, a really small club called the dc space and i went to actually see one of the opening bands autoclave which mary timoney was in uh, i really dug them and uh so we saw them play, and they were, like, really awesome. 
and then Nation Ulysses hit the stage, and it was the loudest, most frenetic, chaotic show I had ever seen. And it was it was disorienting in a great way because yeah. it's like, what are they even doing? What's the <laughs> like like it it felt dangerous and challenging and like I just sort of walked out of there with my mind spinning, going like, oh my god, this is a band that is just once again redefined presentation and music and punk and like yeah. like it it was challenging and it was like right on yeah. and I didn't even understand what it was. It was probably in some ways similar to seeing like the Minutemen early on, where you're oh, like, wow, okay. I'm not sure what they're doing, right? But there's something to it, right? Yeah, yeah. What so? What led to you forming Weird Babies? Like, how how this band happen? That, yeah, that's like it's a great question. Um, you know, so uh, my guitarist Alex and I had been friends for a while at that point, and um, you know, we were just hanging out with uh, with some other friends who are uh, musicians in bands, and uh, they uh, you know they were kind of just they were messing around with stuff and and. Uh, like we were just chatting and, and threw, they threw down the challenges like, okay, you know, you guys keep asking us when we're going to play in a show. When are you going to play a show? When are you going to form a band? Right. And it just, it, 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 uh, laid out the possibility of, Oh yeah, that's a great question. We can do that again. And so, um, Alex is both wonderfully persistent and also, um, you know, he's always like asking the question, like, "Well, why can't we do this?" Right. And so Alex was like, "Okay, let's throw it out. Let's get together." And we we started writing stuff for like honestly six months, just trying to figure out how he and I gelled as musicians. Yeah, and had a hell of a time, like every band does, finding a drummer. And <laughs> like literally, it was so stressing me out, I couldn't sleep. And we tried out a couple people, and they weren't working. Yeah, and so I vaguely remembered that a buddy of mine. Uh, from way back, I, I sort of thought he played drums. So at like midnight, I texted him and I was like, "Hey, Abby, am I right that you play drums?" And he surprisingly was up and responded immediately, "Yeah, why?" <laughs> and I was like, "Because you need to be in our band." Oh, and he was like, "Okay, I don't have a drum kit anymore. If if we can get a kit, I'll sit in with you." Frankenstein kit. <laughs> yeah, it was just so fortuitous that like like just that like. You know, every once in a while, that not being able to sleep and having your brain just churn through that subconscious catalog of random facts, you know, yeah. uh, brought it back. And, and it's crazy because, you know, Avi hadn't played in a long time, and he just sat there and just walked in immediately. And, awesome. Yeah, and he's, he's fascinating because he's someone who, like, Alex and I are constantly talking about practicing, working on stuff. And Avi will just come in and like throw down a beat that's great. But then also one day, as we're you know we're doing a bunch of demos now, yeah. he'll uh, you know and we're using you know Studio Pro or whatever. Uh, you know Alex knows that stuff. Whatever yeah. he's doing, and it'll be one of those other things where Avi will be like, "Oh, I know how to mix. I'll start <laughs> mixing." Or like, "Where did you come up with this stuff?" Right. That's awesome. So when did you guys get up? So when did you? How how long have you guys been together? So as a as a actual trio, we've been together for a little more than two years now, okay. and uh, started really playing out in earnest in like 
uh, like the fall of 2017. So how long in between the last band that you were in and then when you decided? Oh man, a long time. It was probably like 17 years. You know, that's so it took forever. It's like a lifetime. Yeah, because it's funny because I just had a friend of mine. His son's like 18 now, and he just texted me. He was like, you want to start a band? And then seriously, I haven't played music since like 2005. Do it. Jump in, man. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. But it's like that. I mean, I look around and I mean, when I was younger and I saw bands, you know, quote unquote, reunite, which I think is always like a toxic term. Right. But like, I-, I couldn't understand what the fuck are they doing? Are they just selling out? Why are they doing this? But you can see now when... Like, I think there's this period for a lot of us when you're in your 20s, like, you're able to take risks, or you just don't even think about it. It's just a natural thing to do. But between life demands and also the sort of the way society defines how, quote-unquote, adults are supposed to be, I think a lot of us, like, hang up our gear and try to fit into, like, you know, the standard normal definition of life from what it was like in, like, I don't know, decades ago. Right. And by the time you hit your 40s, you're like, huh, that doesn't have to be that way. And I'm not sure how much time any of us have left that we're <laughs> willing and able to do it. So fuck this. And I mean, like, I, I don't want to at all even claim to be in the same universe as these bands, but like, it totally, to me, I, I totally get why uh, Kim and Jay and Bill and Zach were like, Oh no, we're we're getting back together. We're gonna try this thing out and see what Jawbox is like in 2019. Or, I told her, you know, I told her, yeah. I, was, I told her I, on that interview before we got on, I think, or were we afterwards. I was just like, listen, I was like, you guys have something to share that generate. You have like a, a almost like a generation and a half that didn't get to listen to, you know. And I work, and I usually work with a lot of younger folks, like people in their 20s and stuff downtown. I work in the service industry. So I'll talk to these kids about these bands, and they're like, who's that, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, dude, sit down, shut up, and let me take you to school, okay? Because you guys, and then I play it for them, and they're like, holy shit, that sounds like, and then they start naming all these bands that are around nowadays that are like these kids that are in their 20s that sound like Jawbox and Jawbreaker and Captain Jazz, like all that kind of stuff from the 90s is kind of making its, uh, you know, it's cyclical musical, you know, music. Yeah. So that and, it seems to be... It's all... Go ahead. No, it just seems, it's just so funny to to see these kids, Not, I don't mean to be in an ageist way, but then them act like, oh, I got something new. And I'm like, I've heard that before, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, except I, yeah, I totally agree. And I'll say it goes the other way as well. I totally. think that, like, there's a, a fascinating intergenerational conversation happening where, like, I talk to a lot of people, whether it's, you know, old heads in the punk scene or just, like, peers of mine who are griping about, like, how music was better back in the day or there's nothing new. And it's like, I, I think that the DC scene in 2019 is as exciting as it's been uh, at any time since, like... That's cool the early 90s i mean like the number of people whether it's like mock identity or buckeye or clear channel or taciturn i mean the number of bands that like are bouncing around now that are like building off of what circus lupus and jawbox and all of these earlier bands did 
but adding their own twist and voice to it right. is it, it's it's overwhelming and inspiring. I mean, and gauche and like I, like I, you know, I'm I, I'm sure I just missed like. <laughs> dozens of amazing bands that like we go and listen to right. and like have smoke coming out of our ears afterwards and right. like the other cool thing is now like there is uh a there, there are some really cool venues that are doing this in a different way in dc and i don't know if it's like this in in tallahassee now but like uh like here we've got some like creative art spaces that are you know they're they're just like here we're opening up you can put on shows here here's how you book them and we want to make sure there's diverse people on stage and and everyone feels safe in the audience um but then go do it and there's some clubs that are smaller that are like women-owned yeah. that really have the same vibe to them yeah and is that like is that happening down there too well Gainesville's really weird it's so it's it's um it's kind of yeah, like. Sorry, I called it Tallahassee. Oh no, that's I, like, okay. It's, my, my all you have to say. Florida. It's Florida, man. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not offended. I'm originally from New Hampshire, so. Gotcha. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get to choose to move to Florida. I was made to move to Florida. <laughs> that's why I made. That's why I left. I grew up in Sarasota, Florida, in the in the in the bonehead days. So like, I remember Janice <laughs> Janice Landing social distortion prison bound in a big riot. So. Those, those, that's the kind of shows we had to go to because, like, we always yeah. all of our shows were like Nazi skinhead shows, so they were always there beating up all the punk rock kids. But uh, <laughs> but Gainesville, oh, yeah. Gainesville has it is getting better, but it's also it's weird. It seems like it's becoming almost like a um, uh, how do I say it? Um, not oversaturated but it's not no it's not oversaturated it's it's just is there's not enough people owning separate entities it's more like just a couple people owning a bunch of different entities with different names yeah so it's like the punk rock kids from like 20 something years ago that had money but we're like man i really wish all these old school guys would sell these places so we could buy them and then they'd buy these places up open bars and restaurants and now like they own like two blocks downtown. So it's yeah. like you have five bars that are pretty much all owned by the same two people. So yeah. it's kind of like a, there's a weird dichotomy going on. The music's good. The scene's great. All different types of music. There's actually a Tom Petty birthday bash coming up that my friend uh, puts on. He's in this, uh, he's in this cover band called heavy petty and, uh, awesome. and, and they're putting on the show and it's for a benefit. Uh, in Gainesville, so in there, this is their second year. So it's like there's a lot of big things going on. Then we got the fest coming up here, the uh, what, 18th year of the Gainesville fest. So Jawbreaker's going to be here this year. Jawbox, like all these like 400 plus bands. Yeah. So it's like I mean we're, we're lucky in the sense like the music scene has gotten bigger. It just seems to be uh, not as diversified as you probably would think it would be. Well, but I and I isn't I think there's there's a challenge with that everywhere, right? Like, yeah, you've got I mean, because in in DC you've got these really cool sort of smaller venues, whether it's the more art oriented community ones or yeah. a handful, really small handful of clubs. But then you've got whether it's and and you know they do a lot of really uh, good stuff 
in terms of the kinds of bands they host. But the the folks who own the nine thirty club own like yeah, God, I, you know, like a countless other venues. And there's yep. this there's a bunch of other clubs where it's like the same booker and the same like they just switch between two or three places. Yeah, right. it's it's odd, and I, I don't know. Maybe there's money in it, or or it seems you can't down, survive elsewhere. It seems down here there's like there we're having issues right now, and it seems to be like a more of a money issue than an art issue. Like people yeah. are more worried about making money off of an idea than like just doing an artistic idea, you know. So I mean. It's not all, not everywhere, but like we have this one place called the Civic Media Center, which has been in Gainesville forever. And they, you know, you can go there and get your, you know, any type of like, they still get zines and they'll have crazy killer like crust punk shows there, you know, or an acoustic set. You know, they do all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of, it goes by uh, donations and stuff. So that's probably one of our last places in town that's like a real art space slash bookstore that yeah. really leans towards like the punk anarcho kind of feel. So yeah. the, the rest there's, of them I mean, have definitely become a business though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny cause those places seem to exist and like we're, we're just starting to figure out how, uh, with everything else in life, we can start touring or at least playing outside of DC more. Yep. And, um, you know, there like those. There, there are places like uh, Metro Gallery, which is an art gallery in Baltimore, mm-hmm. uh, or in Philly or Pittsburgh. But you kind of got to dig in to find them, and then figure out what their deal is in terms of how to work with them. Right. Um, but um, uh, you know, uh, the fact that we can and it's easier to do than it was twenty or thirty years ago Jeez, it? Uh, gives me a little hope. I don't miss the book your own fucking life catalog. I do not miss that thing. I I, <laughs> oh I, I, I roadied for bands. I was like, I roadied for this band that, from Florida back in the nineties and, uh, they're still together now. Um, but they're, uh, it was like five of us in the ask gray Chevy Astro van, no air conditioning, yep. all the, all the stuff on there. And we got $5 a day. You know, yeah. like, and, and like if we didn't have like we didn't have something in Hot Springs, Arkansas, we showed up there one day. Book your own fucking life. You open the catalog. We found the youth center. They had a hundred kids there for us that night. No show planned, anything. You know, like I kind of yeah. miss that feeling of it. Like you can yeah. go into a town as a stranger and then totally get fed. You know, taken care of. You get a place to sleep, and then they give you gas money so you can get to your next place. You know. But it's just, I mean, it's it's just a different conversation now, right? Yes, like, it is. I mean, you you found you found us just sort of like scrolling through the internet, and yep. like we, I, I love that we get, uh, you know, uh, pinged by bands coming from Chicago, New York, yeah. wherever, saying like, "Hey, we heard of you from this other band. Yeah. You know, you guys putting on a show," and like, it's just that part is. It's a little bit easier, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel artificial at no. all. I mean, it's 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 still um, it's still different. And like, man, the the amount of uh, different perspectives in sound that people are creating now and bringing on stage together right. is it's really exciting. And, and frankly, like, yes, I mean, I was is. you know as we were talking earlier, like back in the day. Like it's kind of 
it's embarrassing to think about how white and I mean, even in a bit, you know, I'm in a trio that's all white guys, but yeah. like the whole scene, particularly on stage was all white guys almost. I mean, yeah. it would be like, you know, like it would be remarkable or marked upon if there was like a band with a couple of women in it, let alone people of color or people who overtly identified as, you know, yeah. non cisgendered or right, right. not straight. And yeah. now you're like, you're like, it's more remarked upon if the bands on stage are all straight white dudes. Yes. Uh, or at least apparently straight white dudes. Yeah, totally. And like, <laughs> yeah. No, I got you. No, well, see, that's the funny thing is like, it's the, the, the punk scene to me was like, especially here in Florida, it like, and I'm sure like you were saying up there for you, it, it was a, it was a safe haven. We punk, the punk rock kids were the only kids that had gay friends and had kids that were trans and that were, you know, like we back yeah. in the eighties in Sarasota, like we all, that's all who hung out together. You had a Mohawk, you had a half-life haircut or you had long hair and you listened to metal, you know, it's like, it didn't matter who you were. You were willing to hang out, and we were all, you know, it's like we all protected each other. You know, it was like, yeah. it was like a family, technically. And, yeah, and, and look, that's still that way. I, I, when, I mean, that was like, it reminded me of how, why, like, why is punk still relevant in a way that, like, you look at sort of the jam band hippie movement, and maybe mm -hmm. it still exists, I don't know, but like, it felt more even when I was growing up, like that was kind of breathing on fumes and yeah, totally. like much more nostalgia. Mm -hmm. And, and why is punk still around? Like the, the, like maybe two days after Donald Trump got elected, <laughs> which was obviously like, talk about a dark time. There was, <laughs> there was a show Very like dark. literally up the street from where I live in Mount Pleasant in DC awesome. at this, this venue that was, uh, you know, it was like the last show at the venue and it was three bands and, uh, like there were all sorts of everyone, like like the t the typical like now diverse audience with yeah. like you know people who uh you know identify different genders and like all sorts of stuff. And I just remember the person on stage being like, "We're here tonight because we need to protect each other and we need to be safe and we need to take yeah. a moment and say like like you're not alone." Nope. And that was that that is the feeling and like we're on the front lines every day in whatever different way we choose to be and we can get back and you go to a show and like you know that they're singing we're singing to each other we're playing music to each other we're communicating and we're saying like we're in this together and yeah. boy it's always been important because there's always been othering and i think yeah. that like like it's like punk rock is not going to take down Donald Trump and it's not like, Oh, thank God Donald Trump was elected to revive the music scene. Cause he that's can all do that bullshit. himself. <laughs> yeah. But like, on the other hand, it's like, like, I think we all need it. And we need each other more than ever. Yeah, and, totally. And I agree. That's happening. Yeah. I think it's very important for people to understand that, that like the punk scene and people, and especially in it, the young people need to realize people in our age group say, you know, and, you know, not quite in the 50s, but people who have been a part of this scene for a long time are this are, are still here and we're still here fighting and we're still doing the same thing we've always done to try to keep, you know, uh, everybody 
safe from harm from some idiot who's you know who doesn't have any understanding or empathy or sympathy for anyone else's ideologies or opinions and uh yeah and it's very important and that's a very good point man that's a very good point to 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 put out there and let these young people know because it's nice to know it's nice to get like my generation more of us out here on this show talking to these young people and telling them is like listen we know what you're going through it might be i think it might and, be a different goes, version, but we know it, you know? Well, and it goes both ways. I mean, I think that the other thing is, like, when I was 20, 21, 18, whatever, going to shows, I mean, first of all, there just weren't that many people that were much older right. uh, at shows because, you know, the scene was, the punk was still, still relatively new. <laughs> yep. But I, I think that, like, when I saw people back then, older at shows, you're sort of like, huh why like what are you doing this is our scene <laughs> right and but but like i you know i think that uh you know there is there's a big range of age at these shows now and like i've never and I, i've never gotten that from people who are younger who are more like they're just more able to go to shows all the time it, you know i think that they they do set the tone and there is an inclusivity that has been set by you know, the band members and mm-hmm. people who go to shows in their 20s, yeah. that, that's, that's really amazing. And I think that is something that probably wasn't the case in the same way when we started out. Right. And it, it, it's being paid back. Like, I mean, I, I look at a band like The Mesthetics, and, you know, I've been to a couple of their shows where either, um, you know, where they've had, uh, you know, friends of mine who are, 21, 22, just out of college, either a solo artist as bands right. opening for them. Oh, wow. And like they've earned their chops. Like yeah. the, these, these younger bands kick ass. They, they've got something to say. And there's, there, you, there's no bullshit. Like you have to pay your dues. It's yeah. like, we're, we, we're all on the same stage. We're all doing this together. And like that, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. And so do you guys take, try to, uh, I, I was, when I listened to your stuff, I did catch, I like, uh, I was looking at, uh, you were given, a, someone was given ex- uh, an idea of like all the different kind of like the sounds that your you, weird babies kind of has to it, the feel to it, the jawbreaker-ish feel to it and all that other stuff. Um, did, how, do, do you guys feel that when someone says, hey, you guys sound like this, do you agree? Or, you know, like, do you feel like your band is, is bringing on, uh, maybe like this kind of feeling of like a, a meld of like all these different types of sounds, maybe that you guys have all uh, grew up around and just kind of made it one thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I mean, in, in our songwriting process, uh, we, uh, we don't ever go, go out and say like, we're going to try to make a song that sounds like, or is influenced right. by a given band. It's, it's, it's really, uh, an instrumental, initially instrumental conversation, and it's usually totally. either Alex or I will lay down some sort of uh, riff, and then the other will start talking, and then Avi will jump in on drums, right. and you know it'll it'll evolve. Um, and so, you know, I think that uh, um, I think that that there's obviously uh, what either we're listening to at the moment. Or mm-hmm. you know, particularly following us, like where we come from. You know, I'm so heavily influenced by both the DC scene right. and music, but also, I mean, not that I, I want to flatter myself with this, but like Charles Mingus is just like like the bass 
god for me. Okay. And so, like, wanting to <laughs> at least emulate that, like, the freedom and, yeah. and sort of uh, groove that they have. Um, and then it, it turns into what it does because we sort of mix it all up in this, in this sonic bowl. Um, but, and then, like, honestly, I'm always fascinated to, ha- to, to hear what other people think we sound like. Right. I, think, I think there's – I can't disagree with them. Like, okay. what each person hears is what they hear. Yeah, and if they say to point. us, like – you know, if they say to us at some point, like, you sound like uh, – like, I mean, my, one of my favorites was, like, like a whole bunch – there were a couple people at one of our early shows was like, oh, my God, you sound just like The Fall – this oh, is wow. really great. We love the fall. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. Thank you so much. If you like this band and you think we sound like them, great. Mm-hmm. And then after they left, I turned to Alex and was like, have you ever listened to the fall? <laughs> and Alex was like, nope, never. never and I was like, neither have I. We should go back and listen to them. Right. So it, it's, it's, you know, it, and, and like, I mean, it's so crazy because people have like you're 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 trying it's with as with so many other things you're trying to contextualize what you see or hear with the experience that you have so we've i've had people tell us we sound like uh nirvana minor threat the fall jawbreaker um you know (laughs) japan droids all of these different bands and i'm like okay yeah, yeah thank you that's great is that what we set out to do no, no, I mean, we set out to, to try to sound like, you know, halfway competent musicians. Right. Uh, and, and, like, ultimately, I hope that we have a cohesive enough sound mm-hmm. that's evolved that, it, it, that some, at some point someone says, like, oh, yeah, that sounds like we're babies. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the other cool thing is, so we've been together for two years. Um, we finally have been sitting down and uh, recording our practices as demos to start putting them up and thinking like, okay, when we next go into the studio, what do we really want this to sound like? And, you know, we've, A, we're putting those up on our Bandcamp page because I I wanted to try something different where the, it expands the give and take between us and anyone who think, thank you, actually listens to us to show like, here's how we're trying to evolve in real time. And here's how we're experimenting with stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, like we're doing this differently from my previous bands, and we're we're sort of figuring it out as we go. Yeah. And so, what what's been really cool is like because we don't have, uh, you know, like we we practice twice a week. We've got work. We've got family. We can't obsess and live with this the way we'd like to, or the way we might have in our twenties. Right. But but doing it this way, we're a lot. We're able to like listen to our songs, like you know let them sit with us for a little bit and then go back and re-record them or re-record parts in a way that we couldn't if we were paying for studio time and allocating our own time that way. And so it's allowed us to all of a sudden be like, oh, how do we actually want to emote and sing this song? Like, our voices are another instrument. How do we want to approach it? Where should we attack? Where should we hold back? Is the guitar exactly right there? How do we want to play it in the mix? And that's that is a different experience than I've had yeah. before. And I, you know, I'm super excited when hopefully we go into the studio in, you know, at some point this winter, we're going to be able to go in and actually make the songs the way we really, really want to. Yeah. And 
like some of our earliest songs, like the song we just put up, uh, Things That Washed Ashore, mm-hmm. like that was our first song we wrote. And it sounds huh. so different now. And like we added a whole bunch of backing vocals because we listened to it and we're like, hey, like let's just try this. Like right. we never played it before, but let's put it on tape and see how it sounds. Right. And we did and we're like, ooh, this is this adds another layer. Right. And we've had I found that we do have a challenge as a three piece, like, you know, what we what Alex and I in particular, we love noise. Like we love the sonic texturing of, you know, what particularly, you know, later day Fugazi and, and Jawbox right. and Jawbreaker and even new bands um, uh, like Uranium Club, which is just like talk about a stellar band that's here now that's creating new sound or like Mets. So so we're always like, OK, this is how we're playing it. Let's listen to it and sit with it. And then how do we add more so it's like denser and thicker and creates the kind of energy that we think we're bringing to the stage? Right, right, right. Wow. So you guys are finishing up stuff right now. You said you guys are finishing up songs that you're getting ready to go into the studio and record. Are you guys going to try to record a, a an EP, full album? Like how many songs did you Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, look, my my our aspiration is is we've got like 14, 15 songs in oh, wow. various shapes at this point. Um and so, you know, my hope is that we can go in and record at least 30 minutes worth yeah. of material. Um and, you know, and, and I think the reality is I think we won't go into the studio until January or February. We've got shows coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. I want to put together a couple more shows yeah. in uh, like December, January, uh, and then go into the studio. And, you know, at this point, the other question is like, OK, you do that. How do you release it? You know, we'll self-release. How the do you promote it? The kids love cassettes again. And you could get them super cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy, but and, and like that's easy, and like we've been playing around with the idea of even if we get enough content that we're happy with, enough songs on the demo, do we release the the, the demo as a tape? Uh, our friends Taciturn did that, and it's great. It's really cool to hear. And then they went in the studio and recorded a proper album. Right. Um, you know, I'm I'm a sucker for vinyl. I just think Me that too. like having something that size and holding it and listening to it brings a different uh, permanence yes, to it. Yes, for sure. Like, yes. like I, you know, I have a love. I think like a lot of us, I have a love hate relationship with digital. Like, I listen to most yes. of my music on that, but it's like it, it's so uh, ephemeral. It's a little. And, but, it's colder. It's yeah, it's colder and and does it really exist? Eh, (laughs) You know, it's just ones and zeros. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we're not ones and zeros. Yeah, we're we're, and so. But (laughs) then you start looking into it, and it's like, oh my god, to do a run of like, what's the minimum you want to do? Do you want to do you want to really spend the money to do a run of a hundred LPs? Okay, if you do five hundred, like for a band like our size. Does that mean that we have 400 sitting in people's basements that, like, at some point our kids will look at and be like, what is this? Yeah. So, right. you know, great problems to have. Yeah. But, like, you know, that's 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 sort of the, the negotiation you have right now. For and sure. uh, But it, it's it's – I think that, like, if you had told me when we started playing two years ago that we would have played 
20, I think we're going on like our 25th show. Nice. Uh, we're talking about recording a full length. We're talking about playing in places like Philly and New York and, and you know, Pittsburgh eventually and hopefully broader than that. And uh, like, you know, sh- shit, we played with like incredible musicians like Mesthetics and like Gauche and like, you know, mock identity. Wow. I'd be like, okay. okay, we're done. Like, that's great. We've hit, like, we've, we've hit more yeah, we than did. we ever dreamed. Right. But now it's like, oh, we've done that. Like, what's next? Like, right. like, you know, and not for, like, like, there's no monetary gain from this. There's no, it's not ego-driven. It's just like, this is cool. Like, yeah. we're, we're doing something. You're getting, well, one, you're getting to do something and you're able to do something that some people don't realize that they still have a chance to do, which I think is what you mentioned earlier. And yeah. that, you know, like just because, just cause you have kids, once you're outside of that bubble again, you can be outside of that bubble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like once you, well, once you, you know, once you got all that thing down and you're an artist and musician, you, you know, you should never, uh, I don't think as an artist, you should ever, uh, withhold yourself from being an artist. I, if that's what you're I called think- to do. I think that's absolutely right. And, and what's, what's crazy cool now is like, you know, I've got my, my son's 14 and he's been to a bunch of shows and like, you know, he's met, uh, he, well, he's super into hip hop, like really deep. And so everything from, uh, you know, trap and, uh, you know, all of this, like, you know, SoundCloud, uh, and, and grime and all that to going back and like, uh, we went and saw Harry Allen, uh, the uh, the media assassin from Public Enemy, speak. Yeah. And afterwards, we're talking to Harry about that, and like, you know, uh, you know, my son Jack met him and was like, "Boo, whoa, like this is all we're all people. We can we can go deep on that and really interact with each other." Yeah. And then my daughter, who's nine, is like, she started to get into uh, Bikini Kill and oh, like wow. deep deep into the Beatles of like exploring the white album and no revolver and all this stuff. And Sounds like you might have some musicians on your hands. Of well, some that's, sort. that's the, <laughs> like, that's the cool thing is it's like, 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 I think that's the biggest, the, 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 the biggest reason I'm thrilled to be playing again is like, it, it's the egalitarianism of it. It's like, you know, I've got kids and it's, it's like for all of us who are playing still, yeah. like we're passing on, you can just be a musician. You can create this yourself and you just need to unpack it and you can figure it out. And if you're into some other type of music that's far different from what I mostly listen to, great. You know, chart your own path, be your own person, but it should be accessible. You can do it. It's not remote. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's, I think that's the most gratifying thing to having picked bass up and, and, you know, throwing myself back on stage awesome that sounds great man uh definitely now that my now that i've listened to you and we're in that same age range and my buddy of mine bringing up actually my wife's like fucking do it get the fuck out of the house is actually yeah <laughs> you know but but yeah like like get on stage come to dc we'll put on a show together and oh, dude, like tight <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely that's that's the way to do it yeah man so, so Josh, hey man, but then, uh, yeah, we're, I, I got you right at an hour. I told you it wouldn't take longer than an hour. Um, this is awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, uh, have sitting down and talking with me and getting to know me. I enjoyed sitting down and sitting here and talking to you and getting to know you. 
Absolutely. Again, I'm glad I ran across your band. Um, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm usually I'm on like I'm always because I put my podcast on SoundCloud, and so I listen to every freaking media thing out there. So. <laughs> Cause I'm always, cause I'm curious too. Like I like new bands. I'm always trying to find new things myself. And uh, when I found you guys, and I realized, I was like, oh, these dudes are my age, and they're playing like this. And I was like, this is awesome. I gotta get in touch with these guys and talk to them about what their existence was like and and how they came about. And I and uh, I really appreciate you taking your time, and uh, I appreciate your artistry. Uh, I appreciate you doing what you're doing by sharing your your old school values and stuff and punk rock and you know passing it on to the next generation that's an amazing thing as well um is there anything that you would like to leave us with today any uh any uh email addresses or websites or anything you want to get people pulled towards to check you guys out (laughs) thanks so much i appreciate it look i'm so thrilled that you reached out to us and that we had to have a chance to have this conversation and it's just i think what you're doing and this is like this is the scene. This is why we all converse with each other and engage and go to shows. And yep. so, thank you so much. Um, you know, we're on. Uh, we, we've got all of our music on Bandcamp. So if you go to weirdbabies.bandcamp.com, we're there. Uh, we've got a Facebook page, like everyone else. Yep. Um, if you're willing to share your personal info with the Russians, you can visit us at facebook.com slash weirdbabies. Putin would um, appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, like, like it, it's that curse of like, we're all overly digital reliant, but we do put up a lot of stuff there and we have all our shows and yeah. you know, please take a listen, like yeah. us if you, if you like us, give us any feedback, you can connect with us through there and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be down in Florida at some point and hopefully awesome. you get up to DC and it'd be great to like, actually hang and meet face to face yeah definitely josh uh you have yourself a great rest of your weekend again thank you, you too, for man. taking yourself away from your family and doing that i really appreciate that oh thanks and keep up this work man this is great awesome pma man pma take care man bye bye all right folks that was it that was uh josh from weird babies dc band he's 47 year old just like me Actually, I'm older. I keep making myself younger. Uh, that was awesome. I'm glad uh, I had a chance to do that. And again, Josh, thank you. Weird Babies, thank you. And DC, thank you. You guys have a great day. Have a great rest of your week. Uh, again, this is Jay Pops Kogar with A Power With Pops. I appreciate you all so much. Uh, please hit the likes, hit the shares, hit the loves, hit the flames. Pass it on, share it again. Puff, puff, pass. Puff, puff, pass. Nah. You guys take care. Deuces.